0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Psychic's Thoughts. Today, I'm going to be discussing... PC gaming. No, uh, I'm mostly going to just be discussing my experience with my PC. Uh, I've had it for just over a year. And it's been an interesting year. I've learned a lot in the process of preparing for getting a PC and actually having it and a lot of games have come out and you know life but here's the big thing uh let me get through the disclaimers and just kind of the context so i've always been console right my first console was a gamecube then a wii then xbox 360 then xbox one xbox one x then a pc i've always loved my consoles i still do still play them because most of my friends are on consoles and a lot of games are on crossplay So, And I I still love playing console games. I have no problem with it. I'll get into that later, the whole war. But I always wanted to get into PC. I always saw these games I wanted to play. I always saw these options and these tools. And I'm a filmmaker. I'm a rapper. Go check out my movie, A Way Out, on YouTube. And go check out my latest single, Burn. And my newest album, Dragon, is dropping July 22nd. That's right. Shameless plug in the intro. First minute and a half. I don't care. Anyway, um... So I wanted to invest in a PC for my college work, for my film work, music, and just to bump up the gaming stuff. I have a 2017 Xbox One X and instead of just buying a $500 Series X, which, you know, I think is still cool and I think is still doable. And if there's not enough cross-play games in time and my friends don't get the PC, I might just have to do that anyway in the next year or so. I don't want to, but, you know playing with my friends and, and having a good time with them and, and, you know, they're some of my best b- buddies is more important to me than being persnickety about whatever games I've want to play, you know. So why not? And then I could sell my Xbox One X. So at least it's not too much of a loss on the wallet. Anyway, my point is, I have a PC and it's not cheap. The one I got was expensive. Here's the reason. I got it in 2021 during the peak of the scalping. So I didn't buy the parts to build one for two reasons. A, I am not good with fine motor skills. I've always been challenged in that area. I'm okay with that. I've learned to navigate around it. So I just didn't want to risk it for my first PC to build it like that with my fine motor skill issues on top of the scalping prices. And that was the other component. These scalping prices were so expensive. It was honestly cheaper to just buy it pre-built and without the risk of fucking it up and with the insurance and with and to have these parts to swap out cuz I can learn that way and I have and th- over time. And I also got a really powerful one to give me headroom so I don't have to worry about the power and performance. Perks would be one of the few perks <laughs> being in college and doing well in college and getting scholarship uh money for stuff because it was for my school purposes for editing films i uh, I had an old macbook that would melt if i had to edit the films i've been having to edit and work on and projects in general and just schoolwork and then gaming it's also a gaming pc here are the specs on it it's got a um nvidia uh, uh geforce 3070 uh, rtx 3070 amd ryzen 5 5600x cpu with 32 gigabytes of DDR4 RAM, I think that's all I gotta say. A terabyte of storage, so 144 hertz, hertz uh, refresh rate uh, monitor. Those are my specs. So yeah, pretty pricey, pretty top of the line, high performance. Don't really have to worry about any bottleneck issues for the next five to eight years. And I'm very happy with it. It's extremely fun. And I've had a blast. And yeah, it was expensive. And by no means, I'm very fortunate to be in the position I'm in to be able to have it. And I'm not saying I'm not. I'm very I'm very thankful for that. And I've, I very much understand that. A lot of people won't be able to get this because of the price or because of the complexity. They'd have to start smaller and work their way up. That's perfectly fine. I almost did that, and then I just realized because of the scalping especially because of that it was just cheaper for to do, to do pre-built and to spend a couple hundred extra bucks to kind of bump up um, the specs so I don't have to worry about ever investing in parts again and I have warranty on it so in case something happens because I am going back and forth to college and I have a carrying case so yeah it's expensive it was, a, it was an expensive investment but because I really do care for my technology I have learned how to it and I'm more confident in fixing it if I need to I'm very happy to have it it gives me a lot of flexibility I do feel guilty I don't play it enough and for a couple reasons I'm just not quite used to keyboard and mouse I'm still getting used to it I'm good I'm good enough with it it's just yeah you know, it still takes some adjustment um games just mostly that I like to get games that are at least cross play enabled or you know because a lot of games i like to play with my friends now i used to be just play by myself i shit you not from age uh uh 6 and 7 to age 19 13 years of my life i was predominantly playing by myself a couple years in 2000 between 2011 and you know Maybe 2015, so for the be- or 14, so about three years there. I was playing semi-consistently with friends a couple days a week uh, with my buddies in school, and that was a great time. But other than that, up until 2019, 2020, and then I made some new friends, and we all play together semi-consistently a couple times a week, if not a- almost every night. It's just our time to socialize where we don't live near each other. Well, some of them do. I don't. We have a great time. A couple hours every night. It's our decompressed time, it's our hangout time, and I always look forward to it, and it's one of the highlights of my days, honestly. It's just always a blast. They're all on Xbox, conveniently. Oh, one of us, one of them's on PC. As am I now. And the thing is, PC, as great as it is, doesn't have a lot of crossplay options. Really. It truly doesn't. We all have Game Pass, so that affords us a lot of flexibility and there's a handful of free-to-play games but there's only so many that are actually fun and of quality that are also cross-play i'm there's only like three (laughs) three or four so um that's kind of been one of the hurdles but beyond that When I'm playing by myself, when I'm enjoying my own games, as I'm still adjusting some of the configurations and some of the games and still trying to figure out what I like, because I don't want to just buy games that I would normally have on Xbox if I can help it. I want to buy games that I've always wanted, and there's a lot. So it's just figuring out which ones I'm ready for and which ones I'd actually invest enough time in. Then Elden Ring came out. As you know, that took a lot of my chunk of time, and I bought it on PC because I was convinced the co-op wasn't going to be great. From a functionality standpoint, I figured if it worked, it would be fun, but it just wouldn't work. And I didn't think any of my friends would get it. Of course, my, my good friend Seize, shout out to Seize209, go check out his music. He's a dope rapper. S-E-I-Z-209 on Instagram. You can hit the link and check all of his music out. He he got Elden ring. We started playing that. Had a blast. So, like, from February to now, I haven't really touched too much of my PC. Um, I played a handful of games on there. I got Ready or Not, phenomenal game on PC. Insurgency Sandstorm is now on Xbox as well. It isn't crossplay, but it's great. Rocket League, handful of others. But yeah, that was the main limiting factor. And then, of course, two technical hiccups on my PC. But now that it's fixed and I got it running, I feel like making this episode to get more in-depth about the pros, the cons, and what I've learned from PC gaming. So let's get into it. So, when I said two technical issues, I have had two small inconveniences on the hardware side of my PC. And I'll get into some of the differences between PC and console and my personal experience. First off, when I first got my PC, I didn't realize I got it without a Wi-Fi card. I mean, I knew I chose without Wi-Fi 6. I didn't realize that meant I don't get a Wi-Fi card at all on the motherboard I had. Oh, well. It would have been $250 more if I wanted one at the cheapest with a Wi-Fi g- card in the motherboard. So I was like, well, let me just buy an adapter. So I bought a little USB adapter. Worked fine. Gave me near flawless. I can still do Ethernet when and where I have that available. Uh, like physically with the Ethernet cord available from the wall to where I am, depending on the room I'm in. Um, it all worked just fine. And then... um and and so that's fine. It, you know, the thing about PC compared to Xbox and and consoles in general, consoles are designed to play. Maybe stream stuff too, but they're designed to game. Uh, Not much else to do, maybe light web browsing and stuff, but it's a gaming console. And while it may not be as hardware proficient in terms of diversity, in terms of modular changes, and in terms of Varying price points. I mean, you can get a cheap PC. And you can build it yourself, or you can fix it and replace You know, it's very open. Consoles are very proprietary to the company, very closed circuits. Just, you get what you get. If you have an issue, you send it to the company. Right? But they're cheaper. Exponentially cheaper for adequate to decent or better power than some PCs. And efficient as all hell. You plug it in, you set up your internet, maybe you download your games, maybe you set up a few settings, and you're good to go. When I got my Xbox One X in 2017, and then they've expedited the process. They made it easy, even easier to transfer data and games and saves and set it all up and get going. It only took me an hour to get going. When I got my PC, even though it was pre-built, I still did, you know, take out the packaging, check it, run diagnostics, update drivers, then log in, make all my accounts and settings, and then, you know, download all the games I wanted. Six to seven hours over the course of a weekend. No big deal. There's no problem with that at all. It was worth it. But the point is that that's to highlight the difference in culture and behavior from a hardware and software and general user experience standpoint. Right, It's pretty self-explanatory. A console is there. It's very easy. You pick up and play. And because it's so tightly knit and because it's so well made, they are. And they are powerful. And they do play games. And they are super fun. And they have their own systems and networks and things. And sure, they have their downsides. But the thing is, they work. They very rarely fail on you. You don't see a lot of consoles hitting fail states. They happen. It can happen. I'm not saying it won't. But it's rare. Which is why it's equally difficult to get it fixed if it does fail, and it's a bitch, but for the most part, they're insured for fully covered for at least a year out the box, and then certain parts and components and failures are covered for a couple years, so, and, I mean, we're talking few and far between. Yeah, Ring of Death was an exception. That was a complete malfunctioning uh, um, or man, I'm sorry, manufacturing manufacturing issue that caused that malfunction. It was they expedited and got cheap and didn't do quality assurance. It was a fuck up on a company level, and they actually made up for it. So that was different, but it was still very prevalent. You couldn't fix it, and you're stuck, and you couldn't play games. But five hundred dollars. For a powerful console that plays games, plugs in, plays, you got your network, and you might have to pay 60 to 120 to $180 a year to be able to access all the features online, and online play, and party, and game pass, and deals like that. And that's at your own uh, discretion, of course. But buying the console, as opposed to buying enough parts, or buying a pre-built PC to be adequate to the new console, if we're talking next-gen, I don't have a next-gen console, I have a PC, right? But I've looked at the specs. If I were to get an Xbox Series X or a PlayStation 5, and I wanted to get a PC that would mirror just ex- almost exactly that performance, if not a little better, if not just a tad worse, whatever, a little variation, but damn near the same in terms of processing time, in terms of loading speeds, in terms of frame rate stability, in terms of graphic and texture, and in terms of general stability and user usability... I'm going to have a hard time, a really, really fucking hard time finding a PC that can match the price, power, and efficiency of a new next-gen 2020 console. I really am. You're not going to be able to find one. You're not. I mean, maybe, if you're lucky, if you're really smart, if you really know how to do it. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's damn near impossible to get a PC to be as powerful as an Xbox Series X or a PlayStation 5 at five hundred dollars for, for almost everything. Remember that Xbox thing for Xbox and PlayStation. That also includes one controller. And then of course the subscription plan. And and so that's a difference, right? On PC, PC is a long term investment. Consoles is a semi long term investment. Consoles is a seven to eight year investment if you know how to take care of your console if you are dedicated to playing it enough. $500 is a lot of money. It absolutely is. It's worth it if you're a gamer and you consistently game. It's worth it if that's where your, all your games are. It's worth it if that's where your friends are. It's, it's worth it. People don't buy consoles for the exclusives per se. They might. If they're brand new and they don't already have aren't already invested in a certain ecosystem and it's a toss up because they're equal almost equal in power and almost equal in certain features and it comes down to the services and the games and possibly where their friends might go that's it so PC is different in the sense that it is a wider spectrum and more versatile PC can be used for work it can be used for anything computer work, Zoom calls. If you want to write a grant on it, you can write a grant on it. If you want to edit a film, you can edit a film. If you want to develop a video game, you can develop a video game, depending on the power and the performance, of course, and your resources. And if you want to game on it, you can game on it. Right? But because it's so open to the user, a lot of the know how it falls on you and that is the barrier of entry that many people fear to to cross and when i was younger i didn't want to and like i said before in my intro i'm not good to fine motor skills so the idea of building one the idea of having to fix one is not a fun idea but i kind of like it like i like specifics and details and mechanics and learning things and i'm a computer guy i like computer stuff i'm not going to say i'm very great at it i i couldn't be you know the best IT person, but I have learned a lot and I know quite a bit. And I'm comfy with it. So when I have a problem, I'm, I'm happy to do the research and diagnose to fix it. It's frustrating though, sure is. So honestly, if you're just here briefly to hear my full general opinion, I love having a PC. I love what it offers and I love that it secures me for the future of gaming. And as I grow and learn and explore new games, it just opens up my horizon, my choices, and it gives me more access to my work as well to be able to do video editing without worrying about the hardware side, a bunch of other stuff. So I love that. I love my Xbox. I love the simplicity, the plug-in, the play, the kickback relax with a remote, the chat with my buddies online, the not worrying about crossplay. So honestly, do both until crossplay becomes more of a thing. Once all, once majority of games that most people would be playing anyway is cross-play and it works and it's fluid then that will change things because i can plug a controller in my pc i can sit back from my pc my pc can do almost everything my xbox can i just don't have all the same games on my xbox anything game pass that's for a pc i can download which is great and then maybe some of my favorites but that's fine i'm looking for new games to explore and play and try and I have more options than ever. And that's some of the pros. So anyway, I'm very thankful for having both. I'm not worried about being snuffed out by this next console generation s- switch where all these new games are going to be only for new hardware. I've got a beast of a computer that can handle stuff. Oh, and my other t- So let me real quick. Troubleshooting your own computer is not fun. I have found to be okay with it, but it's sometimes stressful. It's very tedious and it can be very costly and scary if you don't know what you're doing. So have some safety nets and always make sure you know what you're doing. Do your research, make sure you have a friend helping if you need that or a parent or whatever. And if you don't know what you're doing, make sure you know what you're doing before you do anything. I always make sure of that. I had a um my water cooler thing, the my main fan that was covering my CPU, the pump started to malfunction. Um made this grinding noise and so I replaced it with a nice premium air fan to go over my CPU. My roommate helped me install it. Thank God for him, I wouldn't be able to do it without him. Works like a charm. It's much better than what I had. And then yesterday, I spent about three hours because I'm an idiot. It should have only taken 30 minutes, so it's partially my fault. But I was learning, right? I haven't built a PC, so I'm kind of reverse-engineered learning Um, I got a Wi-Fi card adapter because for the past two weeks I've been getting blue screen of death. So I haven't even been really able to turn on my PC much. I've been able to but I just don't want to with the risk of blue screen of death which is just a general error code when shit happens It your computer shuts off and restarts and says oh we're not fucking with this we're not risking anything no hazards here. So I can't tell you what I did. And it was good I did all this and learned all this in the process. I've learned how to better navigate my control panel. I've learned how to look into event viewer and task and just better identify the software um i had i updated every app in my computer i've updated every single driver to everything in my computer i cleaned out and uninstalled almost all the bloatware that was slowing down or uh reducing my experience i removed Um, devices. I updated my BIOS, which was two years old. I uninstalled all my graphics drivers and reinstalled them in a clean install. I did everything to try to figure out what was wrong with this BSOD, because you have to do a lot of stuff to make sure what's wrong with it. I checked my RAM, checked my power supply, everything. And then I found out it was my stupid little USB Wi-Fi stick that I still was using. Gave me solid internet, but it's old infrastructure and... it, the manufacturer didn't have new updated drivers since 2018. It just expired. It's welcome. And it kept causing blue screen of death. And I only realized that once, because it it did that when I was downloading games. So I assumed it might be that. But I wanted to try all this other stuff first, and I needed to anyway. And I popped. Then I one day I unplugged it, the USB Wi-Fi stick, and it sent it right into the blue screen of death. I'm like, okay, that's the problem. So I bought a Wi-Fi card, which I thought was expensive. It was only $50. I bought a nice one on on Amazon. Took me three hours to install it because I didn't realize there was this hidden panel that I was able to remove because the screws were kind of hidden and that made it fit better. I wasn't able to fit it at first. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is this bracket not sliding into this PCIe slot? Anyway, I figured all that out. I got it done. My computer is better working than when I got it out of the box. It's got all my games that I want on there so I mean so far that I have, right? It's got a new Wi-Fi card that is markedly better. So much more stable, gives me all of the coverage. I also have Ethernet as an option. I now have Bluetooth and Wi-Fi on board. I don't need a stupid USB. No more blue screen of death. Um all the bloatware and stuff that was slowing down and chugging the background usage is gone. It's cleaned out. All my drivers are cleaned and updated. This thing is at peak performance. I'm not even overclocking it, and I don't plan on it. So I downloaded Warzone yesterday. It was always buggy. It's now running buttery smooth. I'm having a good time. Last thing I need to do is just get used to the you know mouse and keyboard, so my wrists can get acclimated. Gotta do more wrist stretches because I don't have a pro gaming you know chair. But that's a lot. That's a lot to do. If I I haven't had a malfun- I've had one hardware malfunction in six years with my xbox one x one it was the disc drive which most people don't care about i do i play movies and i play physical game discs so it really matters to me i i had full warranty i just put it in a box sent it over to microsoft they fixed it of course (laughs) it was months before i had to move to california so i honestly just kept it in the box when it came back i took it out briefly made sure it worked and then yeah, it's a shame to scratch the hell out of a game I liked, but they fixed it free of cost. I I think I paid 20 bucks for just general service or something general. It's just a very simple maintenance charge. Nothing too big. And uh yeah, that was that was pretty much it. So that's the difference. Um, but honestly, those two issues, as stressful as they were for the week or two that they may have lasted out of the entire year, I've had a total of two weeks of kind of just figuring out some small issues that are completely fixable and were obvious, like a water cooler thing that just needed a replacement. Okay, no biggie, it was a $100 replacement. Not the easiest to install, but my friend helped me walk, walked me through it. Uh... You got to know yourself. You got to know your limitations. I know I can't do certain things by myself. I'd need an extra hand to help me, right? So if I was home and I didn't have my roommate, I would watch a lot of videos. I'd call a couple of my friends who do know how to. I'd really make sure I knew what I was doing. I'd take it step by step. I'd download the manual. You know what I mean? There's enough info out there so you could do it right. And then from a physical standpoint, since the logical doesn't take too long for me to understand and learn, that's not the hardest part. The hardest part then is the physical uh, manipulation of the items with those fine motor skills, I'd get somebody, um, my parents, who are good at it, my dad, who's good at putting things together and tinkering, or, you know, my girlfriend, or whomever, you know? Um, so you just gotta know that about yourself. You gotta know how that works. You gotta know what you're comfy with in that regard. That way you can, you know, be better prepared for these things to arise because they do they will on a pc inevitably the pc has so much more in it it's complex and it's so much more open if you move one thing around and buck up and forget then it can completely gridlock your entire pc until you figure out what's wrong with it you know it's uh it's a shame it really is but yeah so um all in all some brief summary i i do love my pc i love the games i love the efficiency Um, And I do love my console as well. So there's really no war to me. But I'm going to get in more in the specifics of the pros and the cons of PC. Some comparisons to consoles. What I'd love to see in the future for games in general. And then wrap it up. Here we go. Pros of PC. So the pros of PC gaming outweigh the cons. But there are still some cons. But we'll get to that later. Here are the pros. The flexibility choices the hardware and the actual gameplay and some of the games and choices of those games but choice 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 you are an adult when you have a pc in gaming context and by that i mean you're not locked to this you're not stuck you don't you know it's a, it's a closed circuit it's safer it is safer to be on an xbox and playstation you can't really download malware i mean you could but it'd be really tricky right Everything's proprietary, everything's protected in a a loop. It's all through their systems and servers, and it's all reliant on them. If Sony or Microsoft goes down, you can't use that console. You have to use their marketplace and their tools. You can't install games elsewhere. You can't play other types of games that are exclusive. It's very closed-loop, but it's very, very efficient. It's not like tweaking you can have a few settings, options, changes, but when you're on a PC, you are constantly tweaking. There is this long-standing meme and joke in the PC community that more PC gamers spend more time fixing and tweaking and figuring out the hardware of their console and the game settings than actually playing games. It's you know, Of course, it's a joke. It's not true, but um, it can be. Because why wouldn't you want to learn how to optimize it best? And you learn quickly how almost all every default setting in, in PC stuff, in the game itself, in the software itself, in the install, and in, in the hardware, is not actually optimal to what you want to do. So you quickly learn what is, what isn't, how to identify it, what sources you prefer to look into to research, make sure you're doing it right, and then how to implement it so you have a better experience. I can't do that on my console the most I can change in my settings is maybe the refresh rate for my TV. And I'll load in the game and and certain games have performance or quality mode and it's just one toggle and that's it. You know, of course I can adjust dead zone and and, uh, brightness and shit like that. And that's fine, but... But that's it. That's all. Of course there's more settings adjustments and you always want to look at them in anything you have, but... My point is, in a PC, when you download a game, first of all, there's different ways of downloading it for a clean install, what do you want in it, whatever, launchers and all that. There's always more steps to it. It's not as easy, but when you get there, you have more options. I want to get rid of some myths first. Right, I was going to do a whole segment going through myths and, and, and all that, but I, I don't have the time and I don't know enough. I'm only a year into PC. I've only learned so much. But I will say here are a few general misconceptions and myths about PC gaming between PC gaming, console gaming, and people who've never gamed. I'm just going to go over them and explain why they're either... They may not be completely inaccurate, but parts of them are inaccurate, critical parts of them, or you should at least have more context to why it's not perfectly accurate first one the easiest one pc gaming is more expensive Mm, that's not wrong it's just not quite accurate it is inherently it's not i'm sorry it's not inherently more expensive it is oftentimes more expensive from the hardware purchasing standpoint from the initial starting point that's all I'm saying I'm not saying the games and everything going on I'm just saying the initial price point of buying the parts or the pre-built and the peripherals of a PC compared to a console and then maybe a game or two is exponentially more expensive from my experience that is the case it's about three times it was about two to three times more expensive yeah luckily like I said I was very fortunate and privileged enough to have Uh, the scholarship, the funds to do so and to have the time and availability and and all that so I'm very thankful for that but my point is it doesn't have to be if you want to build it, if you know how to if you want to do the research, you can if you want to go find some older parts that are still very adequate and on par with consoles from 2018-2019 you can if you want to wait for deals in a year where price parts go down and really optimize and customize you can not saying you can't buy build a PC for $500 that is near the price and pow- or near the power of maybe 2017 mid-tier consoles. I could see that easily. I don't see how you could do it for the power of these 2020 next gen consoles. I just don't see how you could do that 500 so that there is a difference, but but the reason why you pay more in general across the board, though once again it doesn't actually mean you're spending a thousand dollars. You could build a PC under there's plenty of very powerful PCs under a thousand. Just depends on where you go, what you do and how you do it. And that's the thing. Consoles are a fixed price. It's five hundred across the board. Maybe you get scalped or maybe you find a deal later, but we're talking in the initial weeks of the new hardware or parts coming out. Yeah and we're not talking about times of shortages and scalping then um then it's it's definitely you know different a gpu graphics processing uh unit computer processor unit cpu gpu i'm pretty you know what? I never realized what the U might stand for. I never thought of that. It's always just called GPU. It stands for graphics. Anyway, um, the one I have was being scalped for $700. It's not worth that. I think it's worth 300 at MSRP. MSRP? At standard pricing, whatever that's called in PC selling terms. Um, yeah. I believe it was 3 maybe 400. So yeah, that's almost that's over half the price of a console and that's just the graphics processor. That's not the the RAM and the CPU and the power supply and the peripherals and the case and the coolers and the f- it fans. No. Yeah. But also I was getting one that came out in 2021. Like literally like a month before I bought it, it just came out and I wasn't getting it for scalper's price, which is good. So if I wanted to do a pre built then and I wanted to it was kinda urgent, I wanted to get a PC but before I went to college. So if I built it myself, first of all, I would've fucked it up. Hands down. There's no way I could've put that together properly. I know now, looking at it. I'm so glad I did pre built, just for my expertise. And then the price. I don't see how I could have gone any gotten the same power performance and usability for for as cheap as I got it, and it's not cheap it's very expensive, but it was just it, the scalping was so egregious I mean really because I also bought the monitor in my bundle, which is two hundred dollars so and I bought all the peripherals the keyboard the mouse pad the the mouse a couple other things the actual i believe my actual pc if I just got the pc without the peripherals and all that would have been about fifteen hundred. Which is very expensive. I'm not saying it's not. Like I said, I was very lucky to have the scholarship money come in the time it did. But um, granted, I worked my ass off to get that those scholarships through. But my point is, like, still, you know, I was very very fortunate. But here's the thing: um, so if I just want to do that, it's fifteen hundred. So it's three times the price of a console, right? And then with the peripherals, the monitor, the mouse pad, the mouse, the keyboard. and one other thing. And of course, the Wi Fi stick. One or two other things. Yeah, that ran at near 2000. If I wanted to build a PC myself, with all the same parts I have now, I could see it being 2500. And I wouldn't have been able to build it as efficiently, and it would have been far more rickety and not as well managed, not as well put together. The GPU I got I got it for I think I got it for a little bit of an up sale through the company. I think it was three fifty to four hundred instead of three hundred. If I wanted to buy it myself it would have been seven hundred flat. If I was lucky. Maybe seven hundred to eleven hundred was the price of the same GPU I had in my PC at the time I got it. The CPU wasn't scalped as bad, but it was still bumped up a little bit. It was four hundred in my unit as well. I believe. And the price at the time was five to 600 So, alone, for the price of my PC, just the two parts that are, doesn't even complete the PC would have been between 1100 to $1,600 just for two of the parts. And that does include, once again, the case, the RAM, the power, all that. So, it's just when and where you get it and how you get it. So, that's a common myth. You can get a PC for cheaper just depends on your power performance depends on the games depends on the longevity and here's the biggest pro about that it's not a one and done when you buy a console you have to break it out that console is as good as you want it until you plan on buying another one in six to eight years with a pc if a part doesn't work you can replace it it's not fun you don't want to do that it stops you from being able to game it might fuck something up it might take a while it might be expensive It's not a good thing, but it's a thing. You can modularly change out individual pieces, and they are way more powerful. My CPU and graphics processor is exponentially more powerful than a Series X. So, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. It's still more powerful than the current-gen console. If the current-gen console was... components that's in my pc right now it would have to be near a thousand dollars and that's them bringing the price down as much as humanly possible to make it consumer friendly so those are just that's a myth about price and kind of coupled with power because that price and power is purely dependent on how much you spend and how you put it together if you're willing to spend a little more you'll get more power therefore you'll get more longevity and stability down the road. I could have bought a 2080. It was remarkably cheaper. It was almost half, if not more, the price. It would have bumped my price down significantly. I said no, because I'd have to buy a new GPU and install it myself in a year's time. Why do that? I Just bite the bullet, spend the money now, and then I really don't have to worry about upgrades unless a piece fails on me. I don't have to worry about buying something to upgrade it performance-wise for a decade if I don't want to. So when you look at it that way over time, it's a very worthy investment. So that's one. That's the biggest myth. And then also the myth that, um, you know, PC players are inherently better at video games. That's the one that big really bothers me more. The whole money and power thing, that, that could... It's just definitely a misnomer, and it's understandable. I thought that too. It is usually on average a little more expensive, but you just, but we also just don't consider the fact that it's more modular and it's exponentially if you're paying $1,500 dollars for a PC for all the components of that, it is going to be exponentially more powerful. It is going to be two to three times more powerful than a console. So you are paying for that power almost equal to the console's power, you know, to that price point. That's that's all I'm saying. Um, of course, it's a sliding scale, and that's what's beautiful about the PC market. You can have a, the best graphics processor and the worst CPU in the computer <laughs> to cut costs. You probably shouldn't, but you could. You know what I mean? But if parts don't work, if there's a malfunction, it's usually on you. You might have some insurance. I do. I have some from the pre-bill. I've got coverage, so that gives me some sanity. For I have coverage for, I think, three years. Full coverage, which helps me feel more comfortable to get through college going back and forth to in case something goes wrong. That gave me an extra bundle of insurance of, of of comfort, knowing that it's completely covered. Um, but yeah, anyway. So that's that's the other thing. The gamers, PC gamers, are inherently better at gaming. That's not true at all. It's the same. You've got people on console who are very good at gaming and people on console who aren't. You got people on PC who are very good at gaming and people who aren't. It depends on the game, depends on their experience, depends on their mood, depends on what they're comfy with. It depends on their skill level and their experience. I mean that really shouldn't be a thing. I don't see why that's an argument. And that it's unfair for PC gamers to play with console players in a crossplay competitive. It can be. I'm not saying it's it can't be. It has been. I've experienced it on both ends. But it's really not that bad. It's a very slight inconvenience. It's not an unfair broken mismatched hodgepodge of getting crushed. Um, if it was a bunch of pro gamers on PC playing a bunch of noobs who've never touched the game on console, yeah. That would be really upsetting. That's not how that works, though. Um, there's a beautiful thing called latency, variable refresh rate, and a couple other hidden technologies in games and in their servers and over the internet that makes it a pretty synchronized experience. Isn't it kind of weird that on like something like Rocket League, I could play on my PC at 144 frames per second, and my buddies can play on 60 frames per second, and we are still seeing and getting the input of the same data. It's just taking a hair faster, so it's a little more precise and a little more fluid for me. Does it give me an advantage? A little bit. It makes it a little smoother, and my reaction times are a little more pinpoint. But here's the thing. I play it on my Xbox, too. I'm just as skilled on my Xbox. It's more of a comfort and fluidity difference. That's it. Isn't it weird though how it's almost it's a little over twice the amount of frames, which is better, right? More frames the better. In anything, doesn't matter what you're playing on, that's how you should look at it. Good graphics, good texture, you want it to be visually appealing for sure. But you want better frames. Always advocate for that over and always choose that. 120 frames at 1440 or 1080p is significantly more enjoyable than 60 frames at 4K. And the reason is because <laughs> as pretty as a game. Can look look it can still look beautiful by its art design and by its textures and by its advancement at 1440 or at 1080p at HD. But you're playing a game you're not watching a movie or TV show, so you want it to be fluid and responsive and low latency. So that higher frame rate and that stable frame rate is key to a better gaming experience, not a better viewing experience. If you're watching a movie and you want to see it in 4K HDR, by all means, I get that. Even though we can't actually see at 4K it still is a brighter, more vibrant, more interesting picture. Knock yourself out. It's shot at 23.9 frames per second anyway. It doesn't matter. (laughs) But for video games? No. That's too much. That's why I got a 1440p 144 hertz monitor. I want a good picture. I still do. I want full HD quality. I want a good picture, but I also... Um, prefer refresh rate, variable refresh and better frame rate. And there's those 4K 240 hertz monitors for sure. And you know maybe maybe that's an investment worthy of it if my hardware would boot that. But I wouldn't play games like that. I could, my hardware could do that. My hardware, I think, it's damn near cutting. It's damn near top of the line. It's it's higher tier, so it could do 4K 100. But it'd be pushing it. It'd be straining it. No reason for that. So the pro is that range, that versatility in the marketplace. For the games itself, you get a lot more games for more deals. And because of Game Pass or because of these other things, you get all the games. I have Game Pass PC. Now that's a subscription-based thing, but I have it on my Xbox, so I'm fine with it. I can talk talk to my friends through the Xbox app on my PC. It's owned by Windows, so it's the same It's not the same, but, you know, it's owned by the same company. Um, Discord. I can talk with Discord for people who are on different consoles, of course. Um, Games are on Steam, on Epic, Battle.net, and the Xbox or Microsoft Storefront, too. I can download free-to-play games. I can download Game Pass PC games. I can download Steam games. I can play games that are exclusively in PC. I can play them. I can play games that are exclusive to Xbox. I can play Halo on my PC. I could play God of War on my PC, exclusive to PlayStation. My point is, other than Nintendo games, PC has the most range, It it is the singular place for the most availability of all kinds of games. Which is why Crossplay is the next evolution of social network internet gaming between all platforms. It's becoming more and more popular thanks to Fortnite and Warzone and other game companies taking its notes. Um, There are plenty of game studios that you wouldn't think could pull off crossplay, but do. Um, Dead by Daylight, Chivalry 2, Rocket League. Um, Among Us, uh, all the new Call of Duties post-2019, Modern Warfare 2019, Cold War, Vanguard, Warzone. um, A couple others. Yeah, Fall Guys now. Uh, crossplay and works well and is very fun. But that's still only like six or seven and those are the best of them. Halo, Halo Infinite, if you like that multiplayer. And I think Halo Master Chief Collection is now. Just between the Xbox and PC, of course. So there's different levels of the crossplay, but that's that's really the only biggest downside in, for me and some of the booting issues at times with configuration of hardware but for the most part you get more play get more power per play i mean you get more games and then of course within your depending on your pc and that's the beautiful thing it just really depends on your settings but a lot of stuff is still universally understood through the control schemes and through the how to put it together which is nice and then you know on on pc i can activate a bunch of settings i just did on warzone yesterday Oh, when I'm in menu, 60 frames. When I'm out of focus or windowed, it's 30 frames. When I'm not actually playing the game, if I'm switching tabs quickly, so I'm not running at full frame. When I'm playing the game, of course, 140 frames. 144 frames. Um, When, you know, different shaders, effects, particle, uh, anti-aliasing, right? Um... Texture quality, all that. That's all customizable on console. It's it's literally just gamma and maybe like texture low or high. Not ultra or performance. I mean you have way more flexibility and you tweak it and play with it until it looks good on your monitor and until it plays good on your frames. I have that choice. Oh, and field of view. All right. And then mouse and keyboard. So it takes an adjustment for me. I'm still learning and I'm still figuring out what I'm comfy with. I'm comfy with it. I just It's trying to f- find ways to sit in pos- positions because I don't have a gaming chair and my setup changes because I go back and forth from school to home. Um, so I actually just on Amazon for 15 bucks bought a little uh, arm cushion to rest my hand and a wrist cushion. So I, I have something to rest it on. Uh, and hopefully it'll work, and make it more comfortable, and not strain, and prevent carpal tunnel, and I do stretches and stuff, I'm trying to be mindful, and I take breaks, but anyway, um, just stuff like that, it's really, it's really not that bad, I just played Chivalry 2 last night on my PC, I had a blast, forgot how much fun I had in that game, I don't know why I ever uninstalled, I just wasn't playing it much, I guess, I wanted to save the storage, so yeah, it's just that, that kind of thing, exactly, it's just that balancing act, and then finding what you like to do in it, um, On Warzone, though, and and this is a big argument that comes into play when it comes to the cross-play argument and why should console players be allowed to play with PC players. Um, PC players have mouse and keyboard, and a first-person shooter, that's really important. It makes a difference on a lot of different kinds of games, but for first-person especially, the only time where it actually hinders PC players is racing games and maybe certain fighting games or third-person action games. Like, Elden Ring works on PC and mouse, but, man, it's so much better on a controller. You do lose haptic feedback unless you have a weird special rumble mouse, which is super expensive. Um, that's unfortunate. I like haptic feedback. What can I say? I'm a sucker for it. It's just more immersive. I like feeling the the gunshots. I like feeling the, the motor revving up. It just, it's nice, but it's also not the end of the world when you don't have it. You get used to it quickly. Um. So. On a mouse, right? You have a full range of motion. Like, if you think about it, if you have a big game pad. Now, if you don't have a big mouse pad, or if you don't know what you're doing, and don't have good sensitivity, that could completely fuck it up. But let's just say you have a decent sized mouse pad. You got your settings down. You know what you're playing. You know how you're playing it. You have a very wide range of motion and movement mechanics to the mouse itself, and that usually in a first-person setting controls your head movement and your gun and your aiming and your firing. Whereas the keyboard, W-A-S-D-R, spacebar, shift, control, and a couple other buttons control your tools, your movement, your reload. So, you know, usually your left hand's meant for movement and tools and miscellaneous, and your right hand's meant for Aiming, or steering, or controlling, and firing, or the primary movement and motion. And it's pretty intuitive. It kind of makes sense. It splits both hands as if when you're playing a controller, both your hands are like that. It's just more, you know, it's actually kind of the same. The left-hand side of an Xbox controller, that that analog stick is dedicated to movement, and the right hand is head. One's body, one's head. Left side of a keyboard is body, right side of the uh, interface, which is your mouse, is the head. So it's kind of the same layout when you look at it that way. But, once again, if you have a controller and you're using an analog stick, move your analog stick for me. You do not have as much fine control and you do not have as much range of motion as you do with a full mouse. And depending on how you adjust your mouse sensitivity, if you just move your mouse just a smidge. It'll move your scope, or it'll move your gun, or it'll move your person that smidge. You can do that on a controller, but it's much more difficult. It takes a lot more, and you have to adjust your dead zone, which is the point from center in which you have to push out until it it shows on the screen. So couple that pinpoint precision with higher frame rate, lower latency usually because you're wired in, that precision movement, yeah, you're going to have a better time aiming and moving quickly and seeing things. And then field of view. In a first-person game, this is crucial. In most console games, field of view is locked at 60. And the field of view from first-person perspective is how much you see around you. Sixties, like a medium range. It's not too bad. It's kind of punched in. It's kind of like if you have a visor over your head. over Like if you put your face in like a pretty large box and it cuts off some of your peripheral and some of your general vision. It just kind of cuts it down just a hair. And then you raise that box upwards around your face more and more and just stretch it and expand it and you get to see a little more... That's all it is. It's just the field of view in which you can see. Going from 60 to 120 is a massive difference. It's almost an inch worth of information on my monitor that I'd be missing, completely blind to. That is probably one of the biggest notable advantages beyond the aiming thing. The aiming is so subjective to the person playing. Frame rate is... a thing but it's still so evened out that even someone running 60 frames as opposed to someone running 144 it's more comfortable and fluid for the 144 but by no means does it mean it hinders the person at 60 they still reach the same point and fire the same bullets at the same time that reach the same target at the same time somehow it doesn't mean that they're moving faster even though the frames and the delivery of the information is faster it still keeps all the entire movement of the of the gameplay the same synchronized um, so that's fine, but that field of view makes a huge fucking difference because in a game like Warzone, if someone's hiding in a corner or someone's shooting you from an angle, if when I'm playing on console, I realize I just there are times I can't see them. And my buddy on PC, I was playing on console because it wasn't working on my PC. He could see shit I couldn't see. That's noticeably a hardware advantage because he has his frame rate bumped up. So, or field of view, I mean. So when I went to my PC, I did that and it made a big difference. I play better on PC. A li- well, no, I don't. I actually don't play better. I play worse on PC, but I see more information on PC, is what I should say. And I'm, I'm just a little snappier on it. But I'm not good at it. And that's the other thing. When people are like, oh, I can't crossplay because people on PC are better and they have more tools, they might have a few more tools that give them a slight advantage. But if they don't know how to utilize them and if they're not good at the game, it doesn't matter. If you pick, pick someone who's okay at PC gaming and okay at console gaming, it's virtually a deadlock. It's up to just the moment. the you know. There's not much at play that affects them in an unfair way. PC might have a slight advantage with the field of view, slight advantage with the frame rate, slight advantage in a first person with the mouse, but it's not that big of a deal. Console player could be just as comfortable and used to his environment playing in that setting. If he's never played it on a PC, it doesn't matter. If they played on a... or she, I guess. But if the person has played on a console then that's it. Like, I've beaten many, 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 many people on PC on console. And they're either equal or better than me in a game. Whether because I learned and played smarter, or whether because I just had a lucky streak, or whether because... Yeah, but it was never really down to the hardware. The only time that is ever a thing is when someone's hacking, and that's obviously an unbalanced, broken, and unfair way. And nobody condones that or allows that. Well, people do it, but they, you know, not accept it. So I'm kind of tired of that argument. Uh, I'll tell you this. In a 1v1 on a Call of Duty game on Warfare 2019, let's say, my buddy who played it and liked it on PC, who's quite good at it, I'd say he's actually better at Call of Duty than I am. He is. If he was playing on PC and I was playing on console, it's still a neck and neck. It's still a 50-50 chance. And there's still times I'd beat his ass in it, and there's still times he'd beat my ass in it. And it has nothing to do with him on mouse and keyboard, and nothing with me to do with the controller. It just has to do with our skill and experience at that point. So yeah, small advantages and conveniences to the PC marketplace. Now, for certain games, I could definitely see where it would be unfair. But we'll get into that in the next segment. But all in all, I do love PC gaming for the versatility in hardware price point customization in terms of what you want on your pc and in terms of all of the games you have at your disposal and the settings that you can change and tweak to better enhance your performance and enjoyment and of course the games are great as always so they if they look better and play better it's worth it right that's all that is that's the only difference it's just a hardware improvement And you get more games because it's an open market. You also don't pay a subscription fee if you don't want to. Like I said, I pay Game Pass Ultimate, but you don't have to. You pay your internet bill, and you just download those games, and they're yours. You don't have to pay a service, whereas on Xbox and PlayStation, you still have to pay Microsoft or Sony that fee to be able to talk and play with people online. You have to. Otherwise, you don't get to, even if you play and buy games that are multiplayer. So definitely benefit also vr is more accessible and there's better performance in vr on pc and mods that's the other thing i forgot mods holy god mods bring an entire level of community engagement and change to a game mods aren't usually accepted on console 99 percent of the time they're not on pc there are mods for everything and developers allow them and they're safe because they're usually in source not always safe but usually they are and they improve the game they add new features, they add new enhancements, quality of life, bug fixes. Medium, small-time devs or people who just love the game and have a passion create these mods. They could be huge. They could be like new games. They made be entire new modes. They can look completely different from the game devs. And you're like, how the hell are they doing better than game devs? Well, who knows why, but they did it, and it's there, and they're usually free to download They really do enhance the experience and add a new layer of versatility and and replayability to your game that you would have never had available before. It depends on the game and the service and all that, but there's many mods for many types of games and it's phenomenal. So that's another benefit. There's so many other benefits, but I've only scratched the surface. But those are the most notable pros for me. Let's get into some of the cons and uh, and then future what I hope to see in the future of PC gaming and then conclusions. Here we go. Cons to PC gaming. There's not many, and I've only mentioned. I've already mentioned most of them. Uh, the biggest one uh, for me that's affecting me right now is partially because I only have one uh, good friend who's on PC right now, so <laughs> you know, just don't have a lot of people to play with. I don't mind playing alone. As I said earlier, I used I played video games alone for 13 years of my life. Multiplayer, uh, co-op games, single-player games, everything, every kind of game. I just played alone, and I'm okay with it but now that i have my friends now that they are consistent you know they're adults i'm an adult we all get to figure out our schedule and know how to play and keep in touch and we love to do it it's a shame cuz i like to play with them if they're on i want to be on playing with them why why not you know i can play by myself whenever you know what i mean so that's the biggest downside really crossplay there's not enough games that i could play on pc that they can't play so some more quality free-to-play cross-play games are always good. Because my friends are always hesitant towards buying games. More PC and more Game Pass related free-to-play cross-play. And that's becoming more of a thing in the next two years. We'll see most new games coming out will have a cross-play element. Or at least an Xbox first-party one will be on Xbox and on PC cross-play. So that's nice. So it's partial. But i just like to see a full integration of full cross-play games. And I'd like to see it go back. And by that I mean... Games that weren't cross-play, have new networks, new improved servers for people who still want to play them. As I've said before, I'd love to see a Call of Duty remastered collection, whether just for zombies or for COD as a whole, with improved graphics, improved stability, improved frame rate, maybe some new features, some quality of life improvements, as well as cross-play, fully integrated crossplay, and new dedicated servers that are more efficient and connected to everything. How great would that be? You could play a remastered Black Ops like everyone else, and you could play with your friends again. Multiplayer too, kind of like Halo Master Chief is doing, just like that, just for God, which is doable now that Microsoft will buy, will eventually own Call of Duty. If they if they close that deal and buy Call of Duty, they they could do that actually. <laughs> they know how to. They've done it once. So yeah, I'd love to see that. That would make the biggest difference. It limits what I am willing to play or buy. Since I'm not buying games left and right on my PC. I'm just taking my time. I'm like, do I want this one? I want this one. When I'm making a decision, I'm sometimes thinking long-term, okay, well, if my buddy gets this one, or if I'm going to try to push him to get it, I want it to be cross-play. That narrows it down a lot. There are not many. There's like 25 that are fully cross-play. And of those 25, they're like, 10 of them that are actually good and of those 10 there are only like 3 to 5 that my friends actually enjoy that I've ex- you know I haven't played them all but from reviews and from just general effort the new uh, Borderlands Tiny Tina Wonderland which I thought about getting maybe not at full price I'll wait till it's on sale that looks super fun Um, that's crossplay fully crossplay that's a perfect game to play with friends online crossplay I do wish it was cheaper we're now living in this era where $60 is like, I don't know. <laughs> when, you know, five, six years ago, that's how you buy a game. You're just like, you bite the bullet. But you do your research. You only buy two or three new games a year. I am very thankful that Modern Warfare 2 will be cross-play, fully cross-play. <laughs> I'm glad they're keeping that up. That makes a huge difference. <laughs> that's all my friends are going to be playing in October. They're all COD fans. I am too, but not as not as much as they are and so thank god we just have to figure out something for the next few months and have something when we get bored of god you know that's all that's all it is so crossplay is the biggest issue in my opinion uh when hardware issues happen they are a pain they are stressful they're not fun to deal with by yourself but because you can deal with it by yourself you have choices and options at your disposal so it's not the end of the world but it's not ideal um that's kind of it really um, I kind of this is big for me and I've realized this now like when I used to buy Xbox games sometimes I miss and I buy games I thought I'd like and I don't it happens you just learn you cultivate your taste I've been narrowing it down now so when I buy a game at full price I'm buying a game I love the last game I bought at full price was Elden Ring <laughs> so knocked it out of the park with that one Right, so for the most part I know what I'm doing, but for PC games, when I buy those, especially since I'm building that library, it's a swing and a miss. And you know, it's moods. I love Chivalry too, but I do it small doses, right? Seafood is the same way. Small doses, but I love it. So I'm glad I have those games, but, you know, small doses. I play more Rocket League and Bloons Tower Defense on my PC than anything else, which I find funny. And Insurgency Sandstorm I loved. I love that game, and it's so fun on PC. Um, it's a hard game, though. I like The Hunt Showdown a lot, but that's a game I'd prefer to play with a dedicated friend who I can communicate with. But I do like that game a lot, and it's worth owning, and I highly recommend it for anyone who hasn't played it. It's just, you know, not as fun to play by myself with randoms. It's still okay, though. It's still a good time. I got it on sale, so it wasn't the end of the day. I got... Like, for twelve bucks, <laughs> so it wasn't too bad, um but yeah, that's part of gamers. You buy games you don't ever really get around to, but you want to own them or you play them for a bit, and then you fall off, try a new game that's normal. That's part of the experience. It's nothing you feel bad about. It's just a shame. I do wish there were more demos or trials. I liked that. I played a demo for this game called Midnight Fight Express. I think it was so fucking fun. <laughs> I couldn't get enough of it. And I saw how many stages will be in the full game. The full game comes out like August, so I'm definitely buying. I think it's like 20 or 30 bucks I don't care. I'm getting it. It was so fun. I I might not like it after a month, but who cares? It was like the most fun I had that night on a PC game in a while. So yeah, lately I've mostly been playing console just because that's where my friends are. and And my PC wasn't working but I'll play Rocket League, I'll play Warzone, I'll play all the crossplay games on my PC. Better experience that way. You know. So that's the difference. Trying to get my friends on chivalry too. Hit and miss with them. <laughs> Definitely. But anyway, so that's what we're getting at. Uh but so those are really the only cons. Sometimes the hardware issues, sometimes and then the crossplay trying to play with your friends. Other than that, as soon as more people get into the new next gen and my friends are going to be forced to buy into next gen i'm just like just save up and do a pc but luckily also with this next gen that there are more cross-play available games for xbox series x and playstation 5 to pc than there is for pc to any previous console so that's another interesting thing i think it's a hardware limitation so yeah cross-play 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 i have an entire episode on that because i've realized how important that is for the future of gaming and networking so I hope more of that improves. And, uh, yeah, that is uh, that's essentially the only cons I can think of. Um, a little bit of comfort. And then just figuring out games I like, because I want to buy new games. I like tactical shooters, but it's hard to get into them, you know? So it's just sitting down dedicating that time. But I can really get into them. I am still more comfortable with a controller. Hands down. I, I really enjoy a mouse and keyboard. But physically, I'm not as sore afterwards, so i got to stretch my muscles and get used to that. I have to do it more. I don't play my PC as much as I play my console, especially since February. So, that's also part of it. Anyway, so those are the only cons. Mostly it's pros. I I do love having my PC, but I'd hate myself if I ever sold my Xbox and didn't have a, a general console. If my friends were still there, I couldn't do that. Also, I'd get rid of so many games I have that aren't going to be on PC, so I'd never do that. There is a good chance in a year or two I will still buy the next-gen console on sale. I like having that option. I like having a TV that can stream and play DVDs. I can kick back, play video games on there. and I'm a gamer. I don't go out and drink. I don't go out and party. I don't do that shit. I go to movies. You know? And I play video games. Those are like the most sociable things I do. Usually because I'm too busy making films or making music. But those are my relaxing things to do. So, you know, we all have our hobbies, we all have our ways of investing in stuff. That's how I do it for me. You know, some people go out and drink and go to dinner and party and all that. That's expensive. That's a $100 night at minimum. <laughs> Or maybe not, but you know what I mean? That could be expensive if you do that a couple times a week. That crosses $500 easily. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, Anyway, just a thought. So let me get into the conclusions now. So finally, to conclude my first year of PC gaming it has been a pretty fun one I have played a multitude of different games from strategies like Hearts of Iron, which fucking kicked the shit out of me and I uninstalled because I just got too frustrated with it, to Warzone I guess to Vanguard ugh, that was a shitty game to Enlisted to um, Surgency Sandstorm, Bloons Tower Defense, Rocket League Sifu, Elden Ring And more. It's been a great time. So far, I've loved almost every aspect of it. You know, it's always confusing when stuff doesn't work, and figuring that out's never fun, but when I do, it's great. When I have a game, when I have my stuff set up, and I'm ready to jump on the PC, I'm having a blast. And now that I've gotten some stuff figured out, and my PC's working better than ever, and there are more cross-play games on the horizon, the future's looking bright for my ability to keep investing in buying and playing more pc games and having fun with it you know and oh my god if all of my main friends who i play with semi consistently get a pc whew, it's over there are like five or six games that i am desperate to play with my friends that are only on pc i'm just waiting bro if i was a millionaire <laughs> that'd be the first thing i'd pay for for them get their ass on there you know So, that's kind of been a big shift in my life in terms of gaming. Like I said, I used to play alone, and I never was bothered by it. And I had a couple friends I played semi-consistently with, but, you know, I was very used to playing alone, and there was no biggie. That was very freeing to an extent, because it didn't matter what I got. I still found a way to enjoy it, and I still can. I've played Rocket League by myself more than i played with my friends. I've played Insurgency Sandstorm by myself. I've played... um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019 I played almost exclusively the multiplayer by myself I loved all those games Rainbow Six Siege I solo queue Rainbow Six Siege ranked and I became one of the top 25% players in season year 3, season 2 rainbow on console in North America not globally so anyway like I said I, I got pretty high I think I got Platinum just for one season. I was just in the peak of my playing that consistently by myself. Solo queue on a five-player tactical shooter co-op driven game. I solo queued ranked and Rainbow Six Siege is one of the games I love and have played the most of and I've played 90% of it by myself. I've played but a total of maybe 20 hours with friends out of the 400 hours. 99% you know it's ridiculous so I'm perfectly fine playing alone but there's been a shift and I prefer to play with friends when and where I can and since they're on most nights the same rough the same time I am yeah (laughs) then I play games alone when they get off because you know I'm able to stay up later right now because it's the summer so anyway here's to the future of PC gaming Oh, I was going to go into uh, what I hope to see in the future. So, I forgot to mention that. Okay, well, what I hope to see in the future is cheaper price points. Easier to navigate for beginners in PC. um, In terms of parts compatibility, all that. pre built all that. I'd like to see uh, cheaper pre-built options that still offer enough power. I'd like to see um, way more cross-play games. I'd like to see better quality free-to-play games, um, and I'd like to see better integrated social features like voice chat and stuff that is easier between consoles of all kinds. I think Discord should be integrated on the Xbox and on the PlayStation. That way, if people are on there and they got friends. You know what I mean? That would be better. And I think. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the bulk of it. I think those things can make a big difference. And I would I would hope that we're just starting the next gen of consoles and of PC hardware. I would hope that this, with the crossplay, introduces more. I mean, Hell Let Loose is on an Xbox Series X exclusively and PlayStation Five exclusively, and it's crossplay to PC. Right, that's a perfect example of something that seems very fitting. There are A lot of games. There's like an. 10 to 15 more games that are exclusive to the next-gen consoles and next-gen hardware that are fully cross-play with those hardware. And it's not. And I swear to God, it's because of hardware limitations. That's part of it. So we'll see. So I hope that that all can be remedied in the next year to two. And I just hope more people have more choices in price and in power and in where and how to play in their ecosystems while still maintaining their friendships, their circles, their games, and what they love to play. That would be the ideal future. Anyway, thanks for sticking around and listening to my first year kind of overview and thoughts on having a PC. I'll talk to you all next time.